Arthur, I'll be in here. Quiet now, I'm recording. Hello. Tick here. <clears throat> you, my friend, well, if you're an evildoer, cover your ears. Because you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast, which is nothing but Keen Spoon! All right, Arthur, you can come out now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today, we have the Chief Operations Officer at our production company, 258 Studios, which has won 13 American Advertising Awards, People's, and Professional's Choice Awards, and I'm sure the list probably just goes on. We welcome <laughs> Stacy Toy to the show. Stacy, thank you so much for being here. It's exciting to have you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got you. We can see you on our computer here. And I've, I've talked to uh, Jack here. I don't know if I have about to you, Randy, but ever since I saw the first picture of you, I was like, man, she looks so familiar. Mm -hmm. So I, we're going to have to get to that a little bit later because I, I think I've seen you before. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and Stacy's scared all of a sudden. Yeah. I know it's nothing I to her, but I've been on my mind. I'm not that kind of girl. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, and our retro roundtable today. Randy, do you want to set that up for us? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to butcher it, but basically we're just talking about good guys that switch over to bad guys or bad guys switching over to good guys. So. There you go. I, I just let you do it because I knew I would butcher it. So. <laughs> Felt uh, you really saved the day there. Thank you. And then after that, we're going to be turning our attention over to Stacy and talking more about everything she has going on. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, want to show a little support and get a little extra content for said support, patreon.com forward slash CannedAirPod or just click the link on our website. $5 a month gets you access to our CannedAir Patreon pod. Gentlemen, what am I forgetting? Hey, Jack, do you like playing games? Oh, Jesus, this back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I love playing games. Do you like winning prizes? I even love prizes more. Do you like watching Jack and Jeremy? Er, wow. Oh, wow. I was going to say, wow, you scripted this, but obviously <laughs> you did that it. one. <laughs> yeah, well, I just made up for it. Anyway, so yeah, Jack and I uh, play a game show every Tuesday night on our Facebook page. Join us, win some prizes, and uh, listen to screw-ups like that. So, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> Maybe this week we'll start on time. Can't imagine why they don't come flooding after endorsement like that. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> I'll be there. I'm always there. <laughs> Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And here we go. <laughs> Should have been quicker if you had something. I'm sorry. I, 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, who wants to kick us off? Jack, why don't I'll you start go? off? So my first good guy turns into a bad guy comes from a game called Detroit Become Human. Not a very popular game, <laughs> but it was a it was it's an amazing video game. Basically, it takes place in Detroit, probably like 50 years in the future. Everyone's got their own Android type butler. Every their androids are everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's, the game deals basically with a lot of heavy racism, as the androids are the new race. But there's one that is a detective, the sidekick of a detective. And depending on how you play the game, 
he can go bad or he can go good. And when he went back... So it's like a make-your-own-adventure kind of thing, is what you're saying. More or less. (laughs) The game is basically watching a whole movie. Hmm. It's a good eight-hour movie, but the story is really good. Eight-hour movie? Yeah. You're not selling this game very well, (laughs) either. (laughs) You guys need to work on your marketing (laughs) strategies. We're just failing tonight, Jack. Jeez. like, you know, the Lord of the Rings broke it up into three different parts. I mean, jeez. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's not a, a boring movie, either. It keeps you engaged because it, it flips the game itself jumps between three about three different android characters that they're deciding that they want to be their own person this reminds me a lot of that will smith film uh i robot i robot yeah does it yeah i mean it was the same essential thing i mean it was life in the future everybody had one of these robots at home to help them with chores stuff around the house and yeah. essentially mm-hmm. they all like went hive mind and tried to kill and <laughs> yeah stuff like that yeah 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 but the whole game is basically a kind of a whodunit why these robots are of course <laughs> yeah. going bad and stuff but... so is it like a legit game or is it one of those where you have to do the the timed button presses uh no it's a i'm trying to remember i think it's probably why we never heard of it walking around yeah it wasn't very popular but those that that know it love the game that's highly it was a really good story i played through it twice and didn't have the same experience both times i'm going to take your advice on this one i'll just i'll just take your word for it maybe i'll stream it on on facebook on our off day or something like Maybe that. do like Lord of the Rings and break that shit up. And go like three <laughs> oh, different no, definitely. I'm not going to play it all straight through. People with ADHD like me, like, we, I don't know, that eight-hour thing, like, I'll see something shiny and sparkle and I'll just be out of there, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's just it. That's just the appeal of shiny things. Oh, squirrel. Right? <laughs> Squirrels aren't shiny. Well... Maybe if they have a clean coat, they can be. Yeah. All right. Stacy, uh, we let's move it over to you. Okay, I mean, I went a little bit more, I guess, like, because I, I figured ever, like, I wanted to do something different. So I went kind of more philosophical um, and was thinking of, like, the Rene Descartes theory of, like, I think, therefore I am, where, like, the story of the guy where everybody, like, that comes to his house, um, you know, tells him that he, it rains every time they see him. And so he, like, thinks in his own mind that he can control the weather. So in his mind, he becomes his own god. But then at the end of it, like, he, he kind of takes it to the extreme. And then, like, he runs up a hill and gets struck by lightning and killed. Um, no. So it's <laughs> like, you know, one of those uh, life lessons, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if you overstep yourself, uh, you'll get struck by lightning and killed. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did to yourself? You're thinking what you thought you were? That scene yeah. needs to be on a poster in an office somewhere. Yeah. Like daily motivation. You're not stuff. a god. Don't run up <laughs> yeah, yourself. Right? You're not a god. Don't run up a mountain. You'll get struck by lightning. Yeah. Yeah. With so. the word truth underneath it. Nice <laughs> try. I'm very that way with uh, bad luck. Every time people are around me, it's like, man, bad shit always happens when I'm around you. So I'm like... Man, I wish I had a cooler power, you know. <laughs> I wish I could control the rain. But all right, Randy, why don't you uh, go next? So I'm going to take the cheap way out and uh, talk about the the uh, Cobra Kai Karate Kid Johnny Lawrence. Oh, yes. good pick! And I love it. I I'm like so enthralled with that. Oh, yes. that's an awesome one. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's amazing, and uh, just seeing like everything from Johnny's perspective, like. Yeah being a huge fan of the Karate Kid movies growing up and just seeing, like, mm-hmm. all that. And then I kind of felt bad for Johnny at the beginning of the second movie where his sensei is just, like, beating the crap out of him and punching through the car windows and stuff. Yeah. 
Um, but just to see his take and just the writing on that show is mm-hmm. freaking phenomenal. And it's yeah, it's funny great. how it captures the feeling. I mean, you feel like you're watching the Karate Kid. I mean, I, you know, it's the same characters and whatnot. But um, I don't know. It's cool how it, it, it kind of ramped up looking like they were going to make uh, Russo the bad guy, Daniel Russo. But he's really coming to his uh, old self again, kind of. Man, I want to spoil shit. <laughs> I, yeah, I've only on episode three of the second season, so I don't. I haven't. <laughs> I know there's a huge cliffhanger at the end of the second. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there's a big one. Yeah. We're going to have some more people coming back. At oh, this yeah. Last <laughs> I saw was the kids in the cement machine. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That was a good episode. I mean, I don't know yeah. if that's physically yeah. possible, but like, hey, that was a hell of a good <laughs> yeah. It's one of those shows that it's only the episodes are only like, what, around 25 minutes, but it feels yep. like a lot longer just because it's they do, so yeah. well written and so much but packed in there. I That's another thing I love about it. Like a lot of these streaming shows, they are putting out like full 55 minute episodes. Which is cool, but I like Stacy was saying I do not have a you know a <laughs> detention span, span. <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, like I will be out of it. So thirty thirty minute episodes, twenty five to thirty minute is perfect for me because yeah. about the time I'm getting restless, it's over. So you know? did, did Cobra Kai spawn from Barney on How I Met Your Mother, or was that always a a, a theory <laughs> of Russo being the bad guy? in that movie what the hell are you talking about so there is an episode on how whatever you just had because like that sounds like fun (laughs) (laughs) so there was a a fan theory going around between like the end of the karate kid movies that the first three like larusso is actually the bad guy yeah yeah because he didn't he like switch over to cobra kai or something well in the third just the whole movie that daniel larusso is actually the villain in the movie and johnny's the actual good guy Oh. And then when you watch Cobra Kai, it, it kind of looks that way. Like, he took Johnny's girlfriend, he ended up beating him, and ruined his whole life at yeah. the end of the movies. It's just yeah. a perspe- perspective sketch. Yeah. yeah. That's a good show, though. It's just so gratifying to watch. It's <laughs> so gratifying. Yeah. I love though too in that show how like when they have the kid in the dojo who's like supposed to be the the bad egg, they gave him that great big red mohawk. Oh yeah, just talk, to yeah. make sure like, make sure the audience yeah. knows he's bad. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was funny. Um, all right, uh, picks here. I guess I'm gonna. This is kind of embarrassing pick, but uh, I remember it from when I was a kid. Uh, the movie Aladdin. We've all seen seen Aladdin, right? Mm-hmm. Remember Jafar's parrot Iago? Oh yes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, not long after that, there came a, a cartoon series that used to be on after school of Aladdin, and in the series, the parrot was good. He was on their side. I'm like, really? What the hell's well, going on he, here? You missed so, it. No, I'm getting there, Randy. Shut your damn mouth. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Don't so, interrupt. So, <laughs> I'm just going to go sit in the corner now. He's married. Like... <laughs> Might as well be at this point. <laughs> kind of are, yes. Yeah, we kind yeah. of are. But um, right, okay. no. <laughs> we need counseling. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, there. I then made me realize there was a movie that came out straight to DVD, Return of Jafar. Now, typically a movie straight to DVD eh, used to be a beacon of a bad movie. I don't think that's necessarily the case nowadays because, you know, with streaming and stuff and being able to put stuff straight in Redbox, you know, you have albums, or not albums, you have movies in Redbox that get popularity and, uh, uh, you know, a cult following right. just from being in the Redbox. You know what I mean? It's so, But at that time, it was like, oh, shit, it went straight to DVD. 
not good. But uh, it was in that uh, film that, yeah, he switched sides. It seems like generally the, the straight-to-video um, Disney movies were always pretty good. The, the straight-to-what uh, about American Pie? Like, how many straight-to-DVD movies did they have to do? And was Eugene Levy really yeah. doing so bad that he had to keep making these fucking appearances in these awful yeah. movies? And they were terrible at the like the uh, like Stifler's brother went to like you know yes. oh, all that stuff. It was so dumb. I'm like, oh, like I, it's like who came up with these ideas? Like just <laughs> let a classic be a classic, you know? Like come yeah. on. And what? And why does Eugene Levy keep saying yes? I think he's being roofied into these movies. <laughs> like I do. He just might be. Just <laughs> 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 like or something like maybe that's the joke is like he just keeps saying yes like really they're paying me for this dumb shit like <laughs> I mean if you look at him on the cover of any of those films he has like a baffled look with his hands in the air I mean what am I doing here? it's like his character's like why the fuck did I sign up for this <laughs> like what am I doing <laughs> I just got three million dollars so hey yeah. got right? the last lap. yeah <laughs> Got his hands in the air all the way to the bank, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. I'd do it, too, if it was like, hey, I'll pay you $3 million to show up in a stupid film. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's probably only for a day, about an hour or something like that, and then his scene's done. That's all he has to do. Have you, have yeah. you guys seen Schitt's Creek? I keep yes. seeing it, but I have not. You liked it, Stacy? I love it. I thought it was great. I had a few friends that worked on it, too, on this last season specifically. Awesome. I thought it was hilarious, and it was just, I really got sucked into it. Yeah, yeah we did, too. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. It's amazing. The two of them together, him and Catherine O'Hara, are just oh yeah, perfect yes. together. <laughs> in a, in um, a mighty wind. You're her, like, character, because she'll... Like, even her accent, because she'll be like, the baby. And it's like, <laughs> you know, like, you can't even predict, like, the words that she's going, and the syllables that she's going to say. Like, it's just, like, the weirdest thing ever. But it's it's just, you can't stop watching it. It's crazy. She's nuts. And she does a great job. Yeah, <laughs> she does. Very. Uh, I think of A Mighty Wind. Oh, Did you see that yeah, film? Yeah, And uh, they portrayed Mitch and Mickey, a couple from like the 60s who played auto harp and yeah. sang. They hadn't <laughs> been auto harp. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> see, I have to probably watch that show alone because Misty doesn't get that humor at all. It's fun. Uh, what was the guy, the gentleman who just passed away? He was in a lot of those films with them as well. I can't remember. But that doesn't help. Down for me, man. <laughs> I'm just, Fred I'm not, Willard. Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. He was great. Yes. He he was in that movie too with them, and he was just as fucking funny. <laughs> he was in all those movies. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> Something about his delivery on everything that he would say was just always hilarious. And then I came up with this catchphrase where I'd say, I don't think so. I just remember that line. Like, he kept saying that through that movie. It was so funny. All right. We are back to Jack. Superheroes are usually good. Except that is for true. the case of the boys. Oh. oh. Out of all the superheroes, not one of those guys is a good guy except for... The one female Starlight, which Starlight, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's been a good show. I haven't, have you watched the second season yet? Yeah, is yeah, it good? Going, yeah, yeah. It's oh. God, Homelander, biggest motherfucker. <laughs> <in the world. laughs> He's got it. Cannot wait for him to get. Now that is an endorsement for a show. Yeah. Now I want to watch. Jesus Christ, yeah. that guy. And they got a new. And even had the dramatic pause in it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to debate if I was going to go there or not, but he went. But there. he, he went there. Dived right in. Yeah, they got a new superhero that is like Homelander's female counterpart. They they're mm. almost the exact same. Oh my god! 
What, she's hot or something? Is that why you say, oh my God? No, just their mentality. <laughs> the way you said <laughs> that, like, asshole. you bit your lip like this new female superhero. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm Josh, and I know you really didn't find her attractive. I know you're just trying oh, to bring, her, bring your... Okay, all right, maybe you did. I knew you were just trying to bring your point home. All right, let's bring it back around to Stacy. All right, so this, I don't, I don't care if it sounds safe or not, but I guess it'll tell more when we talk about more about my story later on but i was always a huge fan of like the phoenix and it's like the bird rising from the ashes and all that kind of stuff so i guess it's the good and the bad and the bad and the good at the same time but i mean it's always like the cliche thing but it is such a like true thing i guess when you put it in perspective in life (laughs) yeah i mean it's what is it like uh how do they say you can't truly know what uh, darkness is without experiencing light and vice versa yeah you you have to have both yeah right exactly i like that saying a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely (laughs) that was cool I don't know what else to say on it, though. I, I, All right, turn. I'm, maybe that was Stacy's point. Sounds like the Chris Farley show, doesn't it? Remember that? That was cool. All right. Um, that brings us around to Randy. All right, I got to try and follow that. Thanks, Stacy. Why do you think I put you after her? I was like, man, I'm not bringing Iago up after her first pick. It was too good. So going back to comic books, um, I was always a huge fan in the early years um, of Magneto and Juggernaut being the, the bad guys to the X-Men. Later on, like them switching sides and actually being becoming part of that team in the animated series and comic books and stuff like that. So it was just really weird seeing Juggernaut being a good guy there for did a little Juggernaut? Like, I didn't realize that he ever did. I'm sure there I'm, were like Magneto, team-ups and stuff. I know stuff, always yeah. did here and there, just being the... Yeah, with characters like that, I mean, you're just always waiting like, What's going to set him off? Right. What's his real agenda? <laughs> What's he really doing here? You know? So, no, those are fun. Because then in the end, if they don't pull anything off suspicious or sly, and they, you know, see through with the heroes to the end, you're like, oh, it's, it's a defining, it's a new thing about that character you never knew. Okay, well, there's a little bit of depth there. Yep. I guess. Not just straight evil. <laughs> straight evil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a good pick. Um, my next pick is going to be from Star Wars. I mean, these movies have really brought us a lot of flips, haven't they? We've seen uh, Vader, Kylo Ren, uh, both mm. of them flipped. I feel like there were some uh, flips in the uh, animated series and uh, here and there. But anyway, I mean, what, what bigger uh, side-swapping can you think of the clones went from bad guys to being yeah but that, that was like that was like program <laughs> and shit like, what, i'm like, just joking with that you know what maybe i want to be good now <laughs> but um I, I that's all i have to say i guess I, I i have nothing to add to that fair enough um i actually was working with gary kurtz right before he died he was the original producer for the first two star wars wow. um over in england and stuff and it was it was a very short period of time before he died but um yeah on imdb and stuff i got a credit next to gary kurt so i'm like hey, super proud yeah. of that. super <laughs> jealous super jealous that's awesome <laughs> that is freaking yeah. cool i I'm... still do some work with his business partner richard Baisley. um he's a he's like a disney um uh animation guy he's he's won like emmys and stuff like that for like pocahontas and the iron giant wow. and whatnot so I still 
still keep in touch with him. They had um, a production company over in England that we did some work with and we still continue to do work with. So, I mean, that is like a really cool claim to fame, like thing that I, I got to do. So just oh, throwing I'm, that there. I'd be bragging all over <laughs> town about that. Yeah. Like, hey, did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, stranger, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. I, I, I guess there is something I can say about Star Wars character flip, uh, especially in the case of Vader. And I've said this on the show before, but in Return of the Jedi, when he's standing there watching his master kill his son, you know, again, he's just got that black mask on. You can't see the face, but never. uh, There's so much emotion like pouring out of that plastic mask. Some of it has to do with John Williams, too, but I don't know. Well, there's many a number of things that have to do with it. But at the same time, I mean, you can see and feel yeah. conflict just staring at that piece yep. of plastic you know it's it, that was a good moment that was cool yes it was the end <laughs> i know some movies they actually will take a mask and tweak it just ever so slightly to give it a kind of emotion look to it they didn't do but that with not, that one though did no they? i don't think so i was gonna say that's <laughs> they put big sad eyebrows <laughs> <on the bucket>. <laughs> sad <laughs> vader <laughs> there's our episode title <laughs> Kylo's uh, flip wasn't as good. I mean, who didn't see that shit coming yeah, a mile away? Yeah. Like, those two are going to fall in love. Can I keep that <laughs> shit away from my Jedi story, please? <laughs> Unless it's Han and Leia. I like Space wizards don't need love stories. <laughs> <laughs> space wizards. I thought you said spice wizards. No, like, what? space wizards. Okay. All right. Uh, well, let's go back around one more time then real quick. Check. The movie Despicable Me. Oh, yes. Never seen it. Good old Gru. He's super. He's always strived to be a super villain. Did everything he could to be a villain. But in the end, adopts three little girls and becomes a sweet, good guy. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's a good one. (laughs) That is a very good one. It has an army of minions. Oh, that's where those (laughs) stupid things come from? Yeah. (laughs) Banana. Hate minions. <laughs> they plague on pop culture. They're like locusts, they and there's just tons of them. Tons but of them. But they have a fart gun. I mean, come on. <laughs> Man, that just adds oh, to my list. I said dart gun. Oh. oh, that is a really good movie. It was. The, the two after that weren't as good. Actually, I don't even think I've seen the third one. The third second one was okay. Third that was one's with the purple not bad. ones, right? Yeah, the second one is. The third one's where he finds his like twin brother. And of course, they went through the twin brother type. That's like Austin Powers and <laughs> Dr. Evil being brothers at the end. Oh, yeah. Point. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it really put a, a thorn in your hide there. You sound pretty upset. Uh, just uh, disappointing, I guess. Yeah. Low hanging fruit, I yeah. suppose. All right. But uh, Stacy, back to you. All right. So this one may or may not piss people off, but... Um, so, shameless plug, 100 Acres of Hell, now available on Amazon and Voodoo and On Demand and Google Play and iTunes and, like, 32 other platforms, which is a movie that I'm the production manager for and produced. And that has the ultimate hero-turned-bad-guy ever. And I can't tell you who. You're going to have to go and watch it. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. We'll right that's back. a great plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and gentlemen... 
That's how you market. Yeah. That there you go. is how you market. Yeah. No, no I, one's going to listen to the rest of the episode now because they just went to go out to <laughs> <laughs> No, I uh, saw a trailer for that uh, today, and that movie looks freaking cool. Uh, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. But I don't want to talk about that right now because oh. <laughs> we'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. But a good pick, and I cannot wait to see that film, especially coming into like the Halloween season. Oh, it seems yeah. like it's going to uh, be very fitting. It's so. perfect. Very good, very good, Randy. So my final one, um, I don't know how many of you guys were like somewhat wrestling fans in the late, mm-hmm. late 90s. So when they took Hulk Hogan, who was like the the take your vitamins, say your prayers, like the all-American good say guy. Say your prayers, brother. When he went over to WCW and switched to the NWO and came out as the bad guy and just the <laughs> fallout from that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was about the end of wrestling for me when the WCW because that was like the Kmart wrestling growing <laughs> up because WWF was the good one and then WCW yeah. was the... they were good at the beginning like the NWO was solid I don't know <laughs> don't Th- look thanks, at me I have no wrestling opinions <laughs> Stacy's got my back I do because uh, you know WWE superstar Gene Snitsky stars in my, my film 100 Acres of Hell, <laughs> yeah. as does Sam Anawahi and Afa Anawahi Jr. Part of the Head Shrinkers. Uh, so you know, just again, shameless plug, throwing it out there. <laughs> Please plug away. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I cannot wait to see that movie. But yeah, he's a he's a wrestler who actually in the film he plays a wrestler, right? Like an ex wrestler. Yes. And there is, like, epic, epic scene at the end, the fight scene between, oh, my gosh. Like, even filming it, I was just like, oh, my gosh. It was it was the coolest thing to be to be able to see it and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and it's like, holy crap. I mean, these guys got beat up. I mean, they were flipping on real cars. And, like, there was no catch you if you fall. Like, they really were flipping and, like, actually tweaked their necks out. And, uh, I mean, I was I was like... Oh my God! I'm gonna have so much paperwork with insurance and like people getting hurt. But man, is this a great show! Like you know, it's, it's like three o'clock in the morning and a full moon, and I mean, you just can't make that like ambiance up. But it's caught. Um, a lot of the good parts are, are caught in this on the in the film too. So you've got to watch it if you like wrestling because it's epic. Awesome, awesome. Were they no, able awesome, to do awesome. that all in one take, or was it multiple? Uh, it was a few different takes, because, especially because it's uh, there's this huge bonfire and stuff behind it, so you could just see like the outlines of their silhouettes. And so keeping the bonfire going, I literally called my cousin who owned a sawmill, and they filled up like a semi truck of just wood and brought it down. Um, just so we can keep like piling it up. So they kept doing it, doing it. And so it was a couple nights in a row um, where like all night long and, and they just kept going at it and going at it. And it was like just getting better and better because they were just, you know, they work off of each other. And, and it's it's interesting. So it was different every time. And it was just oh, it was so cool. It was the coolest thing I ever see. That's so cool. Very good picks. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I'm kind of embarrassed still by my Iago pick, but whatever. <laughs> hey, I got your back. It's it me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sell my video game that I like a lot very much. That's true. A bunch of ridiculization. And that's true. I don't feel bad now. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we good. <laughs> I guess unless there's anything else we need to cover, let's just uh, turn our attention right over here to Stacy and talk about everything she has going on. Stacy. 
Once again, thank you for being here. It is awesome to have you on the show. Doing a lot of research for you lately, man, you have had your hands in so freaking much, as I don't need to tell you, but the listeners, I think, need to know. I go to the IMDb. There's just tons and tons of yep. stuff on there. But uh, doing research on you, I, I heard in another interview you say that uh, when you were young, the way you got started, you originally had the journalism bug, and that's what you started in. So mm -hmm. yep. uh, what gave you the bug? Who or what inspired you uh, to go into journalism? Well, I always watched uh, the local news when I was growing up. Um, I grew up in the country and on a farm, and so we didn't have, like, cable television so oh, yeah. watching the news yeah. was to get our two-hour delays if the school was closed um and i was just always interested in in everybody else's business to be honest so it was like you know oh i can go and i could help and tell people stories and and i originally went to school to be on air um and i was on air um uh down an easy tv 40 outside of harrisburg and elizabethtown um i had a radio show on 88.3 fm uh, I did a lot of different stuff. And then when I started interning, I eventually just realized like I didn't want to sit in a courtroom for eight hours just to have two minutes on the air. So I decided to take the less paying job uh, with less, you know, nobody cares about what you do, but you're in charge of everything. And I decided to become a live news director and run the control room behind the scenes because it was just it was like such an adrenaline rush for me. It was like better than coffee. Like you wouldn't even breathe until a commercial break or when breaking news happened and there's no scripts and everything is just, um, crazy. And that's when I do my best work, I think is in chaos. And so I just, that's, I got the bug there. <laughs> I am jealous of that. I wish I had that. I could totally see having that feeling with all the chaos. It's kind of like that at work. If stuff starts getting really busy and nuts, I almost feel like I get an energy boost and my mother faster sometimes. is kind of like that way, just always doing something. It, like she has to constantly have something going, constantly doing something, or she's just not comfortable. Mm. And I wish I had that. I wish I had that. Cause I'm like, ah, I just want to sit here. I think. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I mean, it's like it's it's also like it, it, it. You get thrown into things, and you have no idea. I mean, like for example, I was directing like the Sandy Hook shooting for like, and you're just there like hitting cameras, going, "Please don't let a kid get shot on the air." Please don't let a kid get shot on the air, you know, like because you have to tell this story and like you have to just take, you know, what you can take. And and I mean, those kinds of things are like I remember just as soon as I was done, I just got up and I said, I'm done. I'm going home. I got to hug my kids. And I just left. And it was wow. like, OK, we understand, you know, like so. But the, like in the moment, it's like this is your job. And so you're desensitized, like, from all that stuff because it's just focused on getting what needs to get out because, you know, it's a tornado, it's a hurricane. Or you just have your regular newscast. But you, we were – I was directing America's highest-rated local newscast in the country for almost 11 years. So, um, you know, we had a high standard, and we covered, like, 21 counties, which normal people wow. is just, like, one. So um, we had bureaus everywhere, and it's, it was a big deal. Uh, so it was like you always wanted to be your best, and that was the news station that I grew up watching and I always wanted to work there and it was such a high rated news station that I didn't I was hoping to work there before I was 40 and so when I got hired when I did it was um it was crazy so I actually ended up having my second child on a Tuesday 
um, I got hired at, I got hired there finally. And I didn't tell them I was pregnant because I didn't want them to not hire me. So I had a kid on Tuesday. I got out of the hospital Thursday and Friday morning. I started training. Um, and then when I went for my full-time position, I actually handed them my first paycheck and my kid's birth certificate to show them the dates. Like, this is how much I wanted to work here. So wow. I got the job. Wow. <laughs> what was their reaction to that? I would love to see someone's face. They're like, are you crazy? And I'm like, I really want to work here. Like, you know, it was just some people like, you know, the Eagles football team. I was never a sports person. I was a news person. I was, you know, it was just my thing. And, um, you know, going through September 11th and I was just like two weeks into my freshman year of college, moved away and Three Mile Island, which is a huge nuclear power plant, which was one of the um, supposed destinations for another plane. Uh, I could see it from my dorm room window and like, you know, they're giving us the potassium iodide pills, uh, you know, so my thyroid can live to tell the story. Cause I, you know, the nuclear power <laughs> plant is not going to take me out. I kept that in my scrapbook. So I mean, cause when are you going to get another one of those? Right. Um, so I mean, in those moments it like of chaos, it was like, that's when I just realized that, you know, cause I just feel like I had a purpose and, and that's, it made my adrenaline rush. And that was my big thing. It's just an adrenaline rush. So <laughs> I wish I could find that adrenaline rush editing this show. <laughs> that would Editing be... is just like terrible. Like yes. <laughs> you just, you're in, you're no windows, no vitamin D, you know, you're just in your pajamas. <laughs> like, Oh, you know, you're off by one frame and the damn sink is like all off. And you're just like, where in the hell did I go wrong? You know? Maybe I'll push the computer outside. Maybe a little bit of vitamin <laughs> D while I'm doing it will be a little yeah. incentive. If Jack and Jeremy st or if Jack and Randy start that back and forth one more time, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time a shiny plane or something, anything shiny came by, I'd be, I'd be ooh. Yeah, chasing it, you know, watching that for a little while, chasing a butterfly yeah, through the neighborhood. It's all about perception. So <laughs> now I know you went to uh, Oxford, you graduated Oxford University with a, what is it? A master's in uh, journalism, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, how, when was this in relation to uh, the time you working with uh, the news uh, companies and deciding that you wanted to transition from journalism into production? I got our, I finished my schooling up at uh, Oxford in 2003, um, and then I did uh, a lot of distance classes and was flying back and forth with and going to different places for my master's degree, and that I got in 2005, um, and I got hired right at the end of 2004 at the news station, so it was like I was right in the middle of just about damn near everything, like having a baby, getting a master's degree, um, doing all that stuff, and it was crazy, but um, after 11 years... Uh, you know, I had done like the London Olympics in 2012. I went over and, and ran behind the scenes and worked with the best of the best in the world. Um, and so I, I, I've done all of these different like parades and huge events and, and breaking news and, and all of these things. Um, and so when I was over at the Olympic games, it's when the HD transition happened. And, um, so I was a part of that as well as their automation system. So I kind of got a glimpse into this automation system that was coming through in the new HDs, uh, new HD systems. So in 2014, I guess it was, automation systems came to the United States and to our company. Um, and the uh, inventor of the program actually chose me and two other people. And we basically perfected and troubleshot um, and perfected the automation systems across the United States for corporate. Um, and wow. so it's like all the 
control rooms were going from 12 people down to two and now they're one because it's, you know, it's all just a playlist almost. And you don't even touch the director's board because everything is like in a cache and it has, um, uh, you know, the codes and you just copy and paste and add what you need. And it's a playlist and it goes, you don't touch the cameras, they're robotic. You don't touch the audio board because everything's set up. Um, you don't, you know, have to do anything. It's just a playlist. So I knew I perfected my replacement and I had seen it already over in Europe and I just perfected it and helped do it across the United States. So that's why I saw the writing on the wall and I'm like, I'm not going to wait for them to get rid of me. I have to look for like, and and make my next move or else I'm just going to be like everybody else and let go. And, you know, with everyone else trying to find work for production, because we're all going to be in the same boat. Um, so that was five years ago. And, um, yeah, I mean, just, I got hired, uh, to do PR for this, that movie, 100 acres of hell. And, uh, I just like, I have a natural curiosity. And so I asked a lot of questions and within the first week, uh, those questions led to finding out some stuff that other people were not doing properly. And so they were let go and they came to me and they're like, how about you run the entire production set? And I'm like, you guys know this is like my first week on a real film set. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I know. But like, you've already like brought stuff to light. Um, so I called my friends from film school. I ordered filmmaking for dummies. I was asking a ton of questions. Um, and ultimately I fell into being a producer and, um, it, it's just one thing led to another. So I'm really grateful that I'm crazy enough to take these opportunities and just be like, well, if I suck, it's not for me, but at least I'll give it a shot. <laughs> uh, because it's, it's all, once I found out what a producer was because film producing and live TV producing is two totally different things. Um, I'm like, Oh my God, I am a film producer. Like, Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it worked out <laughs> to find your, uh, find your calling and something that's just that you've been able to mesh with your, you know, your personality. Again, you say you function best when you stay in those high stress scenarios. What better job? What, what better job? I mean, maybe a surgeon. To all of the crew. And then like, cause I'm like, don't touch that. Do you have water? Okay. You need to go eat. All right. Is that okay? Don't get hurt. All right. Did you, okay. Come on. I'll deal with the insurance company. You know, like, <laughs> basically it here's your contract here's your deal memo all right let's argue about the contract you know like <laughs> you are the like person that. who they come to Thanks. whenever there's a problem yeah absolutely and and it's nice because everyone we all watch out for each other we all like me especially my business partner mark denenbaum i you know i give him all the credit in the world he started 25 8 studios because 24 7 isn't enough time um and he <laughs> started that uh Ooh, 10 years nice. ago now Ooh. and so he asked me to join him five years ago right after i left um, w, uh, working at the news station and he's the one who was like, you're a producer. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And then he hired me for a Toyota commercial. Um, and it ended up being like a super bowl commercial, uh, for Toyota. And we won a whole bunch of advertising awards and I'm like, damn, I guess I am a producer. <laughs> like, yay. <laughs> so I owe him like everything. <laughs> I love the journey. And how many times do I say that yes, on a show yes. though, but the journey, uh, just into people doing what they should be doing is always so fascinating to me. Um, another part of that journey, uh, I should maybe make mention, I guess you mentioned it earlier with the Phoenix rising from the ashes, you know, it is a big part of your story. You were referring to a period of addiction in your life. Would you like to uh, share that at all? Of course. Absolutely. I'm an open book. When I was at Oxford, uh, I, at that point had been secretly where nobody knew, uh, for about four or five years, 
uh, been taking opioids. Uh, I was up to about 70 to 100 Vicodin a day. And uh, it was, I was on the Dean's list and I was, I was doing great. And this is pre opioid epidemic. Um, so I'll, the end of next month, I'll be uh, clean for 17 years. So this was 17 Thank you. So, I mean, it was uh, really a crazy time. Uh, every, I was on top of the world. And then all of a sudden I asked for help because I couldn't believe something the size of a pencil top eraser was running my life. And I ran out of pills the last week of being uh, at school over at Oxford and I didn't have insurance over there. So I couldn't go to the doctors and my parents, you know, wouldn't get to me in time if they mailed it to me, even though my doctors were all sending me all this stuff because it's like, Oh, she's going to the best school in the world. She's getting the best grades. Like give her ever, whatever she needs. Like, you know, of course. So it's like, you could trick anybody if you're, if you look that good, uh, I, but inside I was just like a snowball of a disaster. Uh, so when I tried to ask for help, um, it was like people didn't know what to do with me because, again, pre-opioid epidemic, um, I wasn't using heroin. I wasn't underage drinking. It was my own prescriptions that I had legit prescriptions for. And so I was abusing my own prescriptions. So, you know, and everyone thinks you're a drug addict. It's like finger pointing and, you know, you're going to be a failure. And so nobody wanted to help me. Uh, my father was the only person willing to help me. Um, and he helped me to kind of change my mind into thinking more positively. Um, and I And it really made a huge difference because then later on when, um, you know, I had children, I got married, uh, I married, uh, my husband, he and I had been best friends since we were like five years old. We never were high school sweethearts or anything, but he was in the Navy. Um, and he, when he came home from the Navy, it was like, wow, I love a man in uniform. What happened? (laughs) So, um, but he also suffered from like PTSD and depression, um, because he had been, we graduated in 2001 and September 11th happened and he got shipped away um, on aircraft carriers and he eventually was a jet mechanic and went around with the Blue Angels. But he did see a lot of stuff, you know, had a lot of stuff happen, um, especially in the Middle East. So he ended up passing away uh, from an accidental heroin overdose on Veterans Day um, in 2011. So I had been trying to help him. And so I was able, I, I saw both sides of the coin at that time because it's like I could help myself, but how could I not help my husband? And so I wanted to make something good come from something bad. And I found the person who shot my husband up because he, had, he wasn't a heroin addict. He didn't know how to do it. This was like the first time he was doing it. So somebody else had shot him up. And I found this person, he was shooting like 50 plus bags a day of heroin. Um, it was, he was in and out of prison. And so I met up with them and I, I picked him up from the halfway house and I took him to lunch and I said, listen, like, I know what it's like to be on this side because I'd been there and like people just kicked me while I was down. And, you know, if you can become the husband to your wife and the father to your two sons that my husband can no longer be, I'll help you. Um, and he was like, I remember he had like tears in his eyes and he said, uh, you know, you're the one person who's supposed to hate me and you're the only person willing to help me. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, what better way to try to do something good than the person who essentially killed your husband? Um, so I wanted, I wanted to just try and I was fully prepared to walk in there and have him tell me to go fuck myself. And I would have been okay with that too, because at least I tried. Um, and that's all that mattered to me. Um, so at the end of the day, um, he's now the only one left alive, uh, out of all of his friends that were doing it. He was the worst of them all. And now he's the only one left alive. Um, he has his family back. He has a booming business. He's been clean now for nine years since my husband has been dead. Um, and you know, the, uh, it was like, 
I, the only thing that is more powerful that I've proven than, uh, you know, to be than addiction and depression is love and forgiveness. But not only did I prove it, but it sustained itself because, you know, up until about a month ago, I hadn't seen this guy for probably two years or so. So it's not like I'm been, I've been holding his hand, um, but he, we just stay in contact and we just, you know, change your perception and it changes your reaction to things. And so when you started to see, you know, there is some good and he feels like he has a purpose now, you know, being able to talk to other people and to encourage other people. And I mean, him and I were sitting together last month and talking and he's telling me about how his whole family is like going through a whole bunch of stuff and with drugs and dealing with it. And I was telling him about some people I was dealing with and me and him used to be the worst people in the room at, you know, different parts of our life, obviously. But it's like I said to him, if him and I are now the most responsible people in the room like jesus is fucking coming back because this is like insane (laughs) what an inspiring story i mean especially for somebody who's struggling Mm -hmm. you know struggling maybe not only with drugs but you know family relationships i mean wow what a story of uh like she said a phoenix coming from the ashes on not only for yourself but uh for for him as well that's That's exactly it too man Incredible. Good on you. And I'm, we're so sorry for your loss. You know, like I said, it's, it's, it's been, you know, nine years now it'll be at the end of November. Um, but it's like, if you don't use it and and try and do something good, like from something bad, I mean, it's like, you know, that's why I like, I don't mind talking about it anymore because it makes me feel, makes me feel good because I feel like I'm honoring my husband and, you know, I'm honoring this other person because he deserves uh, to still be kind of the hero because he made it out and he did it on his own um, and just like took my advice and and at least leaned on me to allow me to give him advice. And, you know, he did all the hard work and he kept a job. And I mean, all the things that he said he was going to do, he just did it because he knew that I was, I said, you just have to do this. You just, and he followed what I said. And it's like, now him and I are the only ones alive now, like out of all of these people over the last decade. And it just blows my mind. I would imagine. Yeah. So you need to get that story on paper if it isn't or, <laughs> or, or something. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a good, that'd be a good uh, inspirational story to watch. Like on a, I don't know. I'm rambling. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, now we've already touched on a hundred acres to hell, but we certainly can't skip over it. Cause man, uh, again, this sounds really cool. Like, uh, again, I think what I took from the trailer, it's, uh, it's ex wrestler and his buddies are going out, uh, for like a bros weekend and you have people trying to kill them. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> A mutant inbred, you know, you got to throw that in there. <laughs> that and that's a baited hook for me. Mutant inbred, I'm there. I am there. Can you tell us uh, how this movie came to be? Because it seems to be really getting some traction, uh, not only on uh, many different, uh, you know, digital players. You know, Amazon Prime. Uh, is it Vudu as well? Uh, iTunes. Yeah. It- two different platforms um if you go to uh our facebook page or the website and everything it has all of the platforms it's on most of the on-demand like dish network and and all that kind of stuff as well um but it is like a nine year in the making uh movie like i said i got hired to be on set with this uh five years ago after i left so it came out last October. So it took about four years, even then it was honest to God. I mean, we all love each other, but it was like a hundred miles of bad road to film and, and to edit and to, I, I tried sinking that whole thing. And it took like seven weeks 
and I was sick as a dog. And I remember just going, I hate sinking. Now, I, you know, one of those opportunities that I was like, well, I'll just take it and see if I like it. I hate it. I hate it so much that I'll never do it again. But um, I, I learned. Um, and so it was like, there was a lot of different roles and I got to learn a lot. I, I have so many credits on there from like holding the boom mic, you know, being the, doing the, the clapper and like first AC in. And I mean, literally it was like whatever you had to jump into and do. And so that's where I do really encourage people who want to get into the film industry to do indie, uh, any kind of indie work because people are willing to teach you and it's okay if you screw up and you just learn and, and you can kind of bounce around and, uh, learn a lot of different stuff and, and get firsthand experience. Um, so that's how I ended up doing it. And you just got to take advice from people. You, you can't go on there and think, you know, it all our number one rule, me and my business partner is don't be an asshole. And that's it. I mean, it seems like it's simple, but <laughs> I would imagine you'd be surprised. Yeah. Probably hard for some people. A lot of them floating around yeah. out there. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't know if remember if I said it on air or not before we started the episode, but I said you look so familiar to me, and I'm thinking yeah. I might know why, but I, I you might have to clarify. I, on your IMDb page it has two credits: uh, you yourself as appearing in one Comic Book Man and two Viva La Bam. Uh, so can yes. you can you set up these moments? Is this where I know you from? Like who were you in these shows? Um, myself, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, you saw my face and my son's face, uh, a lot more in close-ups on, uh, that episode of comic book men, because we, I'm, uh, one of my business associates and partners is Ernie O'Donnell from all the clerks movies with Kevin Smith and all that. He's also in hundred acres of hell. Um, nice. but you know, because of him and through him, I became friends with a lot of the people uh, on the cast and crew from comic book man and got to do a lot of stuff with them. And so the one day they needed people for an audience, uh, because it was a, a dog show and it had Burt Ward. He's got, uh, like a, a dog food, uh, company. And so we were trying to promote it and they had the dogs dress up like in cosplay outfits. And then we judged by our applause. And so there was only like you know, three rows of like four seats and stuff. And, and you can see me and my son uh, in a lot of the close-ups. But the Viva La Bam thing I did when I was in college because I had friends uh, who were pro skateboarders and, and knew them. Um, and they had obviously, like all the jackass guys, they used to come up here to the Poconos uh, before they were famous to my friend's skate park. Um, and so, you know, they had been friends with them for a long time. And one co-owned um, a skate shop uh, down in Philadelphia, with one of the guys and stuff. So, uh, we were on the, uh, episode from the, with the pirate bar when Slayer was in there. Yeah. Uh, so you can't really see yeah. my face at all, but I know where I'm at. <laughs> I was wearing like a dark hoodie and standing next to a bunch of people, but like, you really didn't see me that close, but it was a crazy time. Um, and you know, I was in college and on painkiller, so didn't feel a thing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> pretty darn awesome but i don't think that's probably where i know you from i mean it, i don't think i probably would have seen you in viva la bam and i know i've only seen that comic book man episode once so the search goes on i will put my <laughs> finger on it i will figure out how i know that face but, all uh, right sounds good let me know i mean just watch google and stacy and toy together because there's some crazy shit that comes up you know <laughs> It's not me, but there is some crazy shit on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I bet so. I bet so. I mean, the stuff we accidentally stumble on. I was. I remember I was uh, in the early days of the internet. First had it at school, sitting in the computer lab, 
no kidding, typed in Revolutionary War porn came up <laughs> right as a teacher <laughs> walked past. I don't even know how it happened, but I was almost in some trouble. So I said, no, 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 look at my search bar. <laughs> yeah, right. That's Steve, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My friend's dad, don't write anything about cats in the search because all of a sudden you're going to get porn. Like, yep. yep. <laughs> cats. <laughs> all right. Um, before we cut you loose here, uh, Stacy, just one more question. I always like to ask people in your position, someone who's really, again, had their hands in so much, not just talking about projects, but all the different jobs behind the scene for somebody aspiring to be maybe where you're at, what advice would you give them? Well, take every opportunity, even though they sound crazy. And, um, the ones that you hate finish them anyway, because, you know, the one thing that I always, my parents instilled in me and it really has propelled, helped me to propel my career in such a short period of time, um, is remember that, your character, it comes with you outside of the theater. So like, you know, there are characters that stay in the movie, in the theater, but when you're behind the scenes, your character has to go with you. So you always have to remember that there are so many people that are going to screw you over and that's okay because you're going to find out how small Hollywood really is. And there's a lot of people who talk and a lot of people know about a lot more people than you think. Um, and so, you know, your again, your character and, and helping people out like networking is imperative. I don't care if it's a janitor or if it's anybody else, because I've had people that used to be janitors and now they're like the heads, uh, CEOs of like some of the biggest corporations because they went on to college and, and, you know, we still stayed cool. Um, so just love everybody because even, you know, the smallest people can introduce you to some of the highest people because, you know, everybody gets along with, with, with everyone, um, don't be an asshole. Uh, it's <laughs> simple, I'm telling you, but, um, you know, our motto is all boats rise with the tide and, you know, we, we stick with our word and we help people out when we can and people help us out. And so that's why we have so many uh, affiliate offices and, and people that we work with and everything. So, you know, we're based in Scranton in Pennsylvania, like the home of the office. Um, but we have, our, so our affiliate office is now in Los Angeles, Atlanta, Orlando, and London. And it's all because of, you know, my networking and my staying in touch with different people and us all deciding to collaborate and work together. And so we've been able to, to just expand that just within the last five years. So, you know, if anybody tells you you can't do anything, fucking do it because you know you can, you know, just say, watch me, um, be tenacious and, you know, just at least try your best. And like, even if you fail, like, don't get hung up on it. Like I feel I'm the most proud of my failures. And like, I fail like 9 million times a day, but now I'm just like, Oh, well, failed at that. Let's try it again. You know? And it's like, don't get hung up on that kind of stuff. And remember that finger pointing is emoji. It's not what you do to people like who like need help or, you know, cause those people who pointed their finger at me, they weren't at the top. I mean, they weren't at the bottom, but they weren't at the top either. They're right in the middle and they don't, they don't experience anything cause they're too afraid to, to even take a risk and to, to try something because it's just comfortable and it's easier for them to point the finger. So prove them fucking wrong because it feels fucking awesome. Just trust me. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is great advice. <laughs> I like that. I, we should maybe clap. Or yes. I like that. I do like that. <laughs> Stacy, this has been a blast having you on the show. Uh, thank you so freaking much for being here. I'd love to get you back in the future just to hang out if, you, if you're into that. 
Of course, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. This has been really fun. <laughs> oh, thank you. Jack, yes. what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social social media, buy some merch, become a patron, see some YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and Instagram at canned underscore air. If you like what we're doing, Want to show a little support? Patreon.com forward slash Pod. $5 a month gets you the, the extra show there. I'm going to quit harping on it. I, I always go through that. <laughs> I, I said it at the top of it. Yeah. They, they, they know. They know. Uh, what am I forgetting, gentlemen? Steve. Oh, I don't ever forget Steve. <laughs> I always remember Steve. Steve Joyner, if you are in need of professional representation of any kind, our boy Steve Joyner is the man for you. 816 605 Four five six one. And every time I read this number, are you sure he wants me to read? Told me to. <laughs> All right. He, he, he said, okay. That's 816 605 4561. Steve Joyner. Anything else, gentlemen? You're not doing anything Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Join Jack and I and play some games, win some prizes, have some fun. Thank you for cutting the back and forth out. That Get their game show. <laughs> win prizes. Right? Yep. What kind of what, what's up, what's up for stakes uh, this week or was by this point? I'll probably do another T-shirt and a mystery prize. Ooh, Last week it was a Panera Bread. Saw that. Yeah. That's a lucky son of a bitch going to Panera Bread. <laughs> Stacy, I did forget to ask you about your social media. Is there people anywhere people should be reaching out to you? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You can find us um, on our website, the number two five eight studios or all spelled out 258 Studios on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can find me at Stacy Toy, S T A C E Y T O Y. If you forget the E, my other cousin's going to get it and I won't get it for like six or eight months. So don't forget the E. And I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. There it is. And we will be uh, also putting that information on our social media and website. So lots of ways, excuse me, lots of ways for people to connect with Stacy. So I think that's going to do it this week. Until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And I'm Stacy Toy. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And like Stacy said, don't be an asshole. <laughs> chicken hold on there boys wow it's flint instead of writing your name write candairpodcast.com and help spread the word well that's a great idea now we know and knowing is half the battle gi joe he was on jimmy kimmel a lot oh my god his name escapes me you know who i'm talking about i know exactly who you're talking about I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Man, shit. This has been a Canned Air production. Don't you know that you're a grown up? 
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.